You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. Check out all the good stuff we have there. Leading you up into the 2020 NFL Draft, which will happen Thursday night starting at 8 p.m. The first round will have the second and third rounds happen on Friday night, and then the rest of the draft on Saturday. So a lot of good prep there for you to check out. On the website now, and uh, we are going to pivot our attention now. We have been looking at uh, the team-by-team offseason guides. Still have the AFC West to get through, which we will post-draft. We also looked at the quarterback, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, the top prospects in the 2020 draft, ranked them by position for you. So there's all that with the analysis. But now we're going to turn our attention to my final mock draft. Now, we're going to do it a little different. I've done several different versions. First round, most popular. I've done a two-rounder. I've done one with trades. I've done a three-rounder. I've done a seven-rounder as well. So there's a lot out there. What I'm going to do is try to make it a composite for you here. So we'll get through all 32 teams. What we'll do is on today's show, we'll go with the teams picking in the top 16, one through 16 overall in the first round, but also look beyond to day two and players that I have them targeting there in the second and third rounds. Then we'll come back tomorrow and break down the teams picking from 17 through 32. We know there's some duplicates there, so we'll address those teams today, like the Raiders and Dolphins. Then we'll get into the teams that uh, don't have a first-round pick and kind of look at what they're looking at beyond that in the second and third round. So we'll get to all 32 teams here in two shows for you. you want to give each team some uh, good time here to break down where they might be going in the draft. So we're going to do that. So 16 teams here, roughly the teams picking the first half and then uh, teams picking the second half, as well as uh, those straight teams that have traded their picks away that would have been picking there on these back end of the first round. So again, uh, we'll break it down again. I'll give you the kind of snapshot of the latest players I have attached to these teams there and uh, what that means going forward uh, for these teams. So we have to start at number one, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow still the pick. He's been the pick for a long time, uh, pretty much uh, since the end of that LSU season where he won the Heisman Trophy National Championship, put up the greatest college football season as a quarterback. He's going to be the starting quarterback there for Cincinnati. That is pretty safe here. It's going to take a lot to trade up for him, so I don't see that scenario happening. With Joe Burrow, what you're going to get here is a guy that can read the field, be able to deliver all over the field. Again, we talked about his value potential. QB2 to watch with some QB1 backdoor upside in the Cincinnati offense, especially if they can upgrade. Now, where would they upgrade? Well, interesting. I have them taking a wide receiver and a guard in some combination in the latest two mock drafts I have up for Sporting News. So Jalen Rieger, I would love him, put him in the lineup there with uh, A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd working the slot with Rieger on the outside making some big plays. That would be intriguing. Or they could go for Chase Claypool. They've lost 
Tyler Eifert didn't bring him back. They're stuck with CJ Uzma as their type tight end. Maybe they want a little bit of wide receiver tight end hybrid. And Claypool can also be a big play threat. Big body can get downfield. So Rieger, a small receiver. Claypool, a bigger receiver. The bottom line is they need another wide out to trust here. A good value pick to complement Green and Boyd and uh, be a little bit more dynamic and better well-rounded than John Ross. So a lot of people don't have them taking a wide receiver, but I don't know how you can go in trusting Ross here if you're uh, Zach Taylor in this offense. You're trying to bring along a young quarterback. You need a diverse big playmaker there to help Burrow beyond uh, the franchise tagging of A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd getting that contract locked in after being a very productive possession receiver who stretch the field sometimes uh, working the inside. So that's where I have them thinking about wide receivers. So big and small wide receiver help, the Bengals could really benefit from that to really bring along Joe Burrow and really make his appeal greater in terms of immediate impact for this team. The next position that I have them looking at is interior line. The Billy Price pick was pretty bad. They're struggling elsewhere. They hope to get Jonah Williams back fully healthy, their Alabama pick from a few years ago that he was very effective there for them. So uh, he looked good before he went down before the preseason. So they were looking a lot to him to be an anchor. So maybe he gets better. But I've been taking either Cesar Ruiz, the guard center from Michigan, the first interior lineman top of the board here with that first pick in the second round or waiting until later and uh, getting Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU. So very familiar person in front of Joe Burrow to potentially pair with him up front in that offensive line. Uh, but Billy Price, disappointment in the interior line for the Bengals, and that's where they could uh, really look here and get good values in the first few rounds here of the 2020 NFL Draft. The next team we'll focus on is the Washington Redskins. Chase Young looks like uh, they're going to hear some offers for number two. Not too interested in trading down, however, they love Chase Young. They're not going to lock into a quarterback. They do have the Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen situation there that uh, is going to maybe help them at that position. So when you consider all that, I think uh, Chase Young is going to be the pick for the Redskins. Now, what do they do? They only have one other pick. Their second rounder on day two has been uh, dealt to the Indianapolis Colts. So one other pick, they could go in different directions. That could be an offense pick for sure. Cushenberry was a guy that I had them think about in my seven rounder. They could also go for one of the Bryants at tight end, Hunter Bryant or Harrison Bryant. I have them taking Hunter Bryant of Washington. Harrison Bryant also a dynamic receiver. You have Bryce in Hopkins there of Purdue and Nicole Komet of Notre Dame. So it's tough to see which tight end, what order they're going to go in, but they all have some receiving upside uh, offline move type tight ends. And this team certainly is in the market for a tight end here. Jay Gruden's gone, that offense is gone, but uh, we know that uh, with Scott Turner, North Turner connection, that they also like to tight end, uh, see Greg Olson, and the production he gave uh, the Panthers there with Ron Rivera. So this important position, Vernon Davis retired, yet uh, Jordan Reed being released, all the concussion issues moving on finally at this position. So the Redskins should be in market for a tight end. It's going to help their uh, quarterback. They have a limited receiving course, and it makes a lot of sense here. An interior line also makes sense. They did have Brandon Scherf. Uh, locked up here at right guard, uh, but they need the left guard center option as well going forward. So I, I think that would help them in the running game for Darius Geis uh, right now. And the Peyton Barber are the, really the top two options with Adrian Peterson going in 2020, but they could also upgrade a little bit behind Geis in this draft a little later. 
The next team on the clock at number three and uh, all over the board with four uh, good potential picks here for the Lions later. You look at uh, the Lions, uh, Jeffrey Akuda. That's who should be going to them at number three. They did uh, pretty much swap Darius Slay for Desmond Trufant of the Falcons. So Trufant, a little bit of fading player, a little older. So Akuda pairing him with him makes a lot of sense. Good combination there. It can allow a lot of flexibility in Matt Patricia's back end. We saw what getting a player like us. Stefan Gilmore meant in New England for Patricia, so Akuda can have that same effect, make them make poor plays. That's the theme of this Lions draft the whole way. Defense, defense, defense. So I think they'll have to table skill positions for later. They did stock up quite a bit. Running back is going to be something they look at later for contingency for off-injured carry-on Johnson. Tight end, we know they already invested a high pick on TJ Hawkinson. Their last year wide receiver something they'll look at at some point, but I think that's also position for next year with Marvin Jones going uh, and looking at Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola. So defensive-wise, I have them in, taking a mix of guys. They could take two pass rushers. In the latest one, I have them taking Bradley Ane and Josh Uche. Ane of uh, Utah, Uche of Michigan. Both were on Matt Patricia's team in the north side of the Senior Bowl there. So they got a good look. They need a lot of pass rushing help with Trey Flowers. The other mock draft I am taking Yatur Gross Matos of Penn State from the Nittany Lions to the Detroit Lions to help them with their pass rush. They also are going to look in their interior defensive line. Marlon Davidson, the guy that can slide inside and be a pass rusher there as well, was the pick in one of the drafts for them. Uh, mocks and uh, Justin Medibuque from Texas A&M being another option. So they got gutted on the edge, got gutted on the inside, then you help all over that defense. And defense first, there's one twist where they gave them an offense player, uh, a lineman inside that did lose Graham Glasgow. So Joan Jackson of Ohio State, there's a potential position there, guard, to increase their blocking. But in terms of skill positions, I think the Lions will kind of table that, uh, look for some values there in probably day three of the draft. Next up at number four, the New York Giants. Now, there's two different outcomes, but in both of these mock drafts, what's interesting here is uh, I gave them a mix of players that could really help. Uh, one position for sure they're going to address is offensive tackle. And one, I have them jumping on Tristan Wirfs there from Iowa to be their offensive tackle. And the other one, I had them waiting for Ben Barch there of St. John's, Minnesota, a little bit of a prospect there. Uh, to maybe bring along at right tackle opposite Nate Solder. So they could go those two directions, but I think they're leaning towards going the offensive tackle early. Then I looked at the best defensive back available potentially for them in the next round. Uh, Christian Fulton of LSU could be available there with the Giants pick in the second round. Anton Winfield Jr. of Minnesota could also be available. Corners, not as big of a deal because they did same James Bradbury. They still are having a first-round pick on DeAndre Baker. But safety could be an issue here. They have some bodies there, including Jabril Peppers. But Winfield is just a special player. He can do a lot of sub-packages and really be active. So secondary is not maybe the glaring need for the Giants or as obvious, but I think they could use an upgrade there. Then I have them taking two interesting linebackers in the latest scenario, Anthony Jennings, guy can play on the edge, can play on the second level, get to the quarterback from a variety of places, uh, Alabama 3-4. He can uh, do a lot of damage in the Giants 3-4, make a lot of plays. And the other one I have them going for the ultimate playmaker linebacker in this draft, Isaiah Simmons. So I need certainly some help there to get Blake Martinez in free agency from the Packers, but still could use some second-level help. Defense is important all over the field. 
the back seven, especially for the Giants to get a little bit more depth and punch there. And then offensive uh, line, that's, of course, a big thing to watch out for. Right tackle is a very weak spot. Nate Solder getting older on the left side. Needs some help for Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones to both produce at a high level. And Jones certainly is going to be a QB1 sleeper this year with the weapons he has coming back, the better protection. That's going to be fun to watch there, this Giants offense, as they move on from Pat Shermer and go to the Joe Judge era. And finally, on this segment, we'll talk about the Dolphins. It's a busy team, for sure. The team picking fifth, they have uh, several picks here. Uh, five picks on the first three days, or first three rounds, I should say, two days. Uh, in one scenario, I have them taking uh, Justin Herbert, their quarterback, to attack Bola. So whatever it is, they're going to have a quarterback ready behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe to start right away, maybe to compete. Maybe Fitzpatrick is the bridge, but quarterback, I don't see them passing on that position with so many picks in the first round. Now, another player I like for sure is a Xavier McKinney, the safety from Alabama. They need safety help. Rashad Jones was let go, so he can be an impact player in the back end there with working with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones to really make the secondary special, especially with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick gone in the trade. I think McKinney has some of the Fitzpatrick qualities with his inside coverage. Now, DeAndre Swift, the running back there, they need an upgrade. We talked about their mess at the end of last season. Patrick Laird, Miles Gaskin, and Caleb Lodge. DeAndre Swift can solve that, be a feature back, underrated in the passing game, and certainly is going to creep into RB1 conversation because of volume if he lands there with the Dolphins, as many expect. LaVisca Cheneau is a wide receiver they can look at as well. I like him in the mix with uh, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams being that big playmaker to complement uh, Parker, who's a big body, who had a big uh, season breaking out as a number one down the stretch. Last year, I also have them looking at offensive linemen there, uh, either Ezra Cleveland, the tackle from Boise State, or Austin Jackson there, the tackle from USC. So those would be two athletic guys that they could groom there. They only have Julianne Devonport and Jesse Davis at those positions. So tackle certainly is something they can address. And their pass rush in some form. They invested a little bit in free agency, but uh, Justin Matibuke, again, another foot there would be the Dolphins, if not the Lions. And then uh, Jabari Zuniga is also a guy that we're looking for that could be an impact there as an edge rusher for the Dolphins. So defensive rebuild is there, but they can really have a very competent offense. Putting Tua Herbert behind Fitzpatrick, getting Swift in there, Chano, that would uh, really change the face of the way this team looks. And you add the pass protection as well. So there's five teams there. We'll take our first break and uh, get into six more teams and uh, round out with uh, five more teams. So we get through the first half of the draft. But, uh, you know, it's getting uh, more important to get the quality delivery these days. I mean, we're counting on it a lot for our food in this uh, time where we're social distancing from everyone. And if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. And if you love food, that's why you should love using Postmates. And you kind of love Postmates even more right now. You can get food delivered without leaving the house, which is important, or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created no contact delivery. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. Postmates also offers Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your local neighborhood spots right now. I've been only ordering local because it's a great way to support my community, and you should do it. Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi from your favorite local joints. They can make your life easier by picking up everything you need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven as well and dropping it 
right outside your door. It's very easy to use Postmates. Just download the Postmates app on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. And now for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners to Lockdown Fantasy Football, that's you, $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. So start your free deliveries, download the app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's the promo code LOCKEDONNFL, all caps, one word, there for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. We'll be right back here with a look at the next picks in the first round of my 2020 NFL mock draft. All right, so let's continue here. We're up to number six here with the Chargers, and we're getting, doing a snapshot of all the teams uh, going down the first round, looking at where I have them uh, targeting players in rounds two and three as well, uh, in, based on my two latest mock drafts for Sporting News. The Chargers, they're pretty much going to take uh, Tua Tagvola if he's on the board, I would think. Again, if the Dolphins take Tua, that could maybe change the opinion of the Chargers. But the one common denominator I have there is Cam Akers, the running back of Florida State. I think he would be a good replacement for Melvin Gordon to complement the action of Austin Eckler as a receiving back there. So Cam Akers is the common thread. It, then it comes down to which quarterback. Do they get the quarterback that the Dolphins don't take, either Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert, or do they wait in the second round and then get – some guy with upside, and I have them taking Jordan Love in one of my mock drafts. So an offensive tackle, it's either Ezra Cleveland. We mentioned he's a very athletic prospect on the rise. Mackay Becton of Louisville has already been meteorically rising when blowing it up at the Combine. So, again, offensive tackle, quarterback, running back, these are things that uh, the Chargers can get good value here. Here as uh, They don't have too many concerns defensively. They could look at some positions there. But, again, I think they need to improve their protection with the Russell Oaken gone. Sam Tevy is their best right tackle. And uh, they got to look at the future quarterback. I know they have very much confidence in Terod Taylor, but Anthony Lynn has to get a contingency plan with Taylor only having one year left on his deal. So, again, if they don't go first round, I think they have to go second round there. So, no tour, Herbert. I would say it's love. If it's no Herbert there to the Dolphins, I think it's uh, more likely the Chargers could drop out. But if... Uh, the Dolphins end up taking Herbert. I think uh, the Chargers would be banging the table to get to a Dagbolo. So that's how I'm looking at their draft pick here. Number seven is the Carolina Panthers. Defense is the name of the game for them. I have them taking Derek Brown, the defensive tackle, in both mock drafts here. So I really like them uh, lining him up. He was an early selection for them. They really need some help up front. They could also look at Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson, right down the street. But Again, Brown, ultimately, it would be a very good pick for them as they need to rebuild on multiple positions. And I have them taking a safety uh, that can help there. Antoine Winfield Jr., we mentioned about his uh, ability to be versatile and uh, cover a lot of ground. Well, so is Jeremy Chen, who's kind of a version of Simmons uh, to a little lesser degree. He played at Southern Illinois, a small school sleeper. I have them taking him later, so either Chen or Winfield there. And the corners I have them looking at are Damon Arnett of Ohio State. Or uh, Jalen Johnson of Utah. So this team, the defense is going to be the name of the game. They need to get better on that side of the bar for Matt Rule, post-Ron Rivera. So offensively, I think we'll have to wait. Uh, they're pretty set, we know, with Robbie Anderson in the mix, with DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and uh, Christian McCaffrey, and uh, Ian Thomas. They're pretty good skill position-wise here. But at some point, I think they have to think about 
guard as a key replacement here for Trey Turner as he was uh, moved in the deal for Russell Oka. Then come the Cardinals. Uh, I have them taking Jedrick Wills in the first round, the offensive tackle. They've got their wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, there. Then I have them looking at a tight end, uh, Bryson Hopkins, Harrison Bryant, uh, Hunter Bryant, to Kolkomet. The same people pop up there. I know Cliff Kingsbury hasn't really indicated as much the tight end will be a big part of this offense, but I, I figure that uh, that would add a very dangerous element here to the Cardinals on top of having uh, Hopkins in the mix with Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, and Andy Isabella. You spread the field with one more weapon that can go move and offline. I think that could be really special for the Cardinals. So watch out for that position for sure for the cards here in uh, 2020. The next team is the Jaguars. They have several picks, four picks. Three of them are the same in both mock drafts for you. And there's one significant change. So we'll talk about those three picks. I like Trayvon Diggs, the corner from Alabama, to replace Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bowie there. With their second first-round pick, I like uh, Terrell Lewis there, the edge from uh, Alabama that would really fit if uh, they have to trade on Gakwe, especially. They already traded uh, Calais Campbell. You could look for an edge player for sure there in the market for that, so he'd be a good fit in their defense. And Solomon Kinley, he's a uh, interior lineman offensively from Georgia. I think he would be a good blocker that they need. They need to replace A.J. Can, and he's a bit of a downgrade there at uh, at uh, offensive guard. So, again, those are the three picks that are the same. The two big difference ones are Isaiah Simmons. That's why I have them taking their latest mock draft. They need a playmaker like that. And the second level is Miles Jack, Joe Schobert, and Quincy Williams. Simmons would really probably play where Williams is. Williams, remember, was drafted as kind of a safety linebacker hybrid. He, Simmons could be a big upgrade. The other mock draft, I had them taking Justin Herbert there. So, I don't know if they're going to do this. We don't know about the... Jaguars and a quarterback. That's a big mystery. Are they settling on Gardner Minshew? Is it going to be his job to lose, see what he can do here for one season, and then bring in competition without Nick Foles? We'll have to see there. Or do they just make it and uh, turn the page here and uh, really go with a rookie first-round pick or a high draft pick, say a Jordan Love or one of those players there with one of these picks? So that's a mystery still to be solved here in the draft and can dictate a lot of things that happen here. So Again, I think they would probably lean away from quarterback at this juncture, but you never know. It's a wild card team to go after quarterback and really throw things off for a lot of teams here. Jaguars certainly a team to watch in that area. Now, the Browns uh, are next at uh, number 10. Uh, I have them targeting an offensive tackle. They definitely want that. They could be trading for Trent Williams. We'll have to watch that, but Williams has some baggage there with the Redskins and injury issues, so... Mackay Beckton or Tristan Wirfs, putting them on the left side opposite Jack Conklin makes a lot of sense. I think they'll be in the market for a wide receiver, the third guy that can play outside to complement Odo Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. That player to me is Tyler Johnson of Minnesota, big-bodied guy. He's his body, good possession guy, can score, a little bit uh, better receiving option than uh, Rashard Higgins. Then I also have him thinking Darnay Holmes. Uh, again, you have Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, so you're looking for that third-option guy to play in this slot. And uh, Darnay Holmes certainly can fit that bill here for the Browns. The one wildcard pick I have in the second round, I had them taking Grant Delpit, the safety out of LSU. I think they need a lot of playmaking help there. They're kind of gutted at safety. They're a strong corner. They need to get a little bit better than nickel package, but safety is a way they can upgrade. They could also look at the defensive line to get someone to complement Miles Garrett. 
uh, Marlon Davidson, the defensive tackle from Auburn, uh, has some versatility to go inside outside for them and get to the quarterback. So pretty solid mock draft. If you look at the Browns, they're picking good spots for their needs and a team that we can also watch to trade down for in the draft. Now, finally, in this uh, segment, we'll talk about the Jets here. And the Jets are also going to dictate a lot of uh, team action behind them, much like the Jaguars. And uh, the way that they can set off the chain reaction is if they grab C.D. Lamb, the wide receiver from Oklahoma. There, uh, We know that uh, they have Brashad Perryman and James Crowder, but Perryman's a deep threat. Crowder's the slot guy. They would say they're looking for a true number one. C.D. Lamb can be that option. The other mock draft, I had them taking C.J. Henderson, the corner there from uh, Florida. That uh, I don't know if he's too high of a pick there. We've heard some teams might be trading up a few spots to get Henderson. So Jets, we know, are pretty gutted in the secondary without Tremaine Johnson. They're uh, just uh, stuck with a few guys that don't love Arthur Poole and Arthur Mallett and uh, Brian Poole there. So that's a position they could look. That could dictate things. If they don't get that wide receiver early, then I like Michael Pittman, a guy that has inside outside versatility, can play the slot, can do some damage here for the Jets. So I like him as maybe a guy that you put outside with Perryman. So so Pittman or Lamb at that position. Then there's a scenario where the Jets might not address corner at all. I like a couple players for them later. I like Jabari Zuniga or Bradley Ane. We mentioned those guys as edge rushers there to watch out for. Prince Tega, want to go. They did uh, sign George Fan as a free agent, but still need some Offensive tackle help in front of Sam Darnold. Want to go is a good project to look at there. And then in uh, the other mock draft, I have them uh, taking uh, Jordan Elliott of uh, Missouri as a defensive tackle. Need a little punch up front with Quinnen Williams, their first rounder from last year. So Jets have some possibilities. They can dictate. They can go many different directions here offensively, defensively. And again, they'll set the tone for what all is coming behind them in the draft. Now, keep in mind here that uh, it is uh, draft week, so you want to make sure you're checking out all the action there on the draft shows here on the Locked On Network. That would be your Draft Dudes show and, of course, Locked On NFL Draft, straight from the insight and analysis from the Draft Network. So good job there all around, and uh, this is must-listen podcasting for you here on the network. As uh, reality fantasy teams... uh, Entire league, we've got you covered here on the Lockdown Network. We'll be right back to look at the final five teams picking in the first half of my mock draft and uh, break their picks down potentially here in 2020. All right, let's continue now to close the show. Five more picks we want to talk about uh, 12 through 16, the teams picking in those spots. We'll go with the Raiders, and the Raiders have multiple first round picks as well. I have them targeting one of the best receivers, so Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb. So Raiders have a good shot at getting one of those players, Judy from Alabama, Lamb from Oklahoma, to be their new number one to replace Antonio Brown, who really was never there. Tyra Williams, not a trustworthy guy, so he's going to have an immediate impact. That wide receiver lands with the Raiders, being their outside go-to guy for Derek Carr or another quarterback, maybe Marcus Merida, maybe a quarterback they draft here in 2020. Corner also makes sense, A.J. Terrell, of Clemson or Christian Fulton there. They did get Trayvon Mullen in last year's draft, but needed a starter to help. They moved on from Gary on Connolly. So getting corners, an important position for the Raiders. Then the rest of the draft is the same there with the rounds two and three. Jalen Hurts 
I like him going to the Raiders as the project of competition. I bring him in with Mariota and Carr, see if he can displace Carr. And Hurts and Mariota are your combination going forward, so we'll see that. Detain Muti, they have some issues at guard. Gabe Jackson, they've fallen out of favor with. Richie Incognito is a little old, so a guard from Fresno State, not too far from their old stomping grounds in Oakland. And then you look at uh, Darrell Taylor, an edge rusher from Tennessee. They did uh, do well with Clemfell and Max Crosby in last year's draft, so that would be a good combination for them uh, there uh, with their offensive and defensive lines there to end day number two. The next team is the 49ers, and this team is also not complicated. I have them taking the best wide receiver available in the first round. Hopefully either Henry Ruggs III or Jerry Judy of Alabama is still there, or CeeDee Lamb is there for them at number 13. The pick they acquired from trading DeForest Buckner to the Colts. So you have uh, Ross Blacklock sitting there at number 31, and defense tackle TCU would be a good replacement for DeForest Buckner on their defensive front. So good things to watch out there from the 49ers, but We'd be very excited to see a wide receiver add to that mix with Debo Samuel and George Kittle, Kendrick Bourne. They did lose Emmanuel Sanders, so it makes a lot of sense to target a wide receiver. This is a team built to win now with Jimmy Garoppolo, an explosive offense, so certainly going there would not hurt for the 49ers in that combination of the two immediate needs, basically replacing the two players they lost, Sanders and Buckner, here in the 2020 offseason. The next team is very interesting. We know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers picking at number 14. This one, I have them going all offense. So I have them going after Andrew Thomas, the uh, guard there from uh, Georgia, or tackle, I should say, to put on right tackle. DeMar Dotson unsigned there, play opposite Donovan Smith. I have them taking a running back, J.K. Dobbins, in the second round of Ohio State. Very dynamic runner. Can be a feature back, three-down guy. They did uh, not keep Barber, as I mentioned. He went to the Redskins as a free agent. Ronald Jones the third. I think they're lukewarm on him as a complete back here for them. Dobbins certainly is a much better talent than Ronald Jones. Overall, Jones doesn't give you much in the passing game. Dobbins can be dynamic and make some big plays in that area as well. So Dobbins certainly would be in the RB1 conversation as well with good volume. They should go to the Bucks, especially if they get Thomas to upgrade the one weak link on their offensive line. Well, they could also look at, again, the offensive line. And they're taking Robert Hunt. He's a guard center out of Louisiana. Good value if they can get him on day two. That'd be great if you can get right guard, right tackle there to complement to your other three guys who are Smith there. I mentioned at left tackle. Uh, you have uh, Ali Marpet. They really like a left guard and uh, Ryan Jensen at center. So that's a pretty good offensive line for Tom Brady. I don't think it's getting enough uh, attention here, but a couple more tweaks could make it fantastic. And of course, getting Dobbins for the backfield. Also look for the Bucks to be in the market at some point for a speed threat at wide receiver. So they could be looking at Rieger if he falls or LaVisca Chanel to help uh, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Godwin is a free agent next year as well. We presume they'll keep him, but you never know there. Finally, well, penultimately, we have the Broncos. We have uh, them uh, going in two different directions. They have multiple picks here as well, five. So... In one, I have them taking Ruggs if he's available to them. If Ruggs is not available, I think they could go after Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle from South Carolina, to really impact their front with some issues up there, even after keeping Shelby Harris and uh, acquiring Jarrell Casey. So that's where they could go. If they don't go the defensive tackle route in round one, then they can go after uh, one Jordan Elliott. We mentioned him going Missouri. He's a good prospect, so Drew Locke's school, good defensive value there. If they don't go defensive tackle, then they can look at Denzel Mims, a big target, 6'3", 207, 
put him on the outside opposite uh, Cortland Sutton there, big playmaker, big body to help uh, lock there. So in some combination, I have them going wide receiver, defensive tackle. I have them going corner with the next pick, either uh, Cameron Dantzler, who would be a good fit in their defense from Mississippi State, or Damon Arnett of Ohio State. You have uh, then two guards they can look at, Jonah Jackson of Ohio State or uh, John Simpson of Clemson. And finally, either go inside linebacker replacement for uh, Todd Davis, uh, Akeem Davis-Gaither at Appalachian State, or look to boost their pass rush with again, some versatility with Anthony Jennings of Alabama. So Broncos should be very good defensively to make a lot of plays for Vic Fangio, who had an elite defense and fantasy with the Bears just a couple years ago. So keep that in mind. Uh, this could be a very special side of the ball for Denver if they add a few more reinforcements here. Think a little bit more about the future. And, of course, getting another receiver is going to make Drew Locke uh, more viable as a fantasy football sleeper and uh, second-year quarterback QB2 with some upside here for 2020. Finally, the last team we'll talk about in this first half of mock drafting is the Falcons. The Falcons can go many different directions. I think two positions they'll look at in the first round, uh, defensive tackle and corner. C.J. Henderson is the latest pick, and they really need a corner after losing Desmond Trufant. That's going to be a priority. Maybe they'll trade up to get him. There are some rumblings as the Falcons could be a little aggressive and go after a player a few st- spots earlier. So do they go after uh, Derek Brown if he's available? So that's a question. Do they go after Jeffrey Kuda? There, as it would be strange because the, they just uh, sent Trufant to the Lions to replace Slay, who went to the Eagles. So could they get Okuda to replace Trufant? That would be kind of interesting to see if they do that. So we want to watch that for sure. But uh, it's either um, C.J. Henderson or Javon Kinlaw I have in the first round. Then if uh, this plays out, this would be fantastic. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back from LSU. I have them taking it. Both mock drafts here in the second round. Compliment to Todd Gurley. Get that mojo going back in the backfield after losing uh, Devonta Freeman, uh, followed by uh, or following losing Tevin Coleman the year before. So something to look at. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could have an immediate impact in that backfield, making a lot of catches to compliment Gurley to keep him fresh there for power situation running. And then I have either them addressing guard, John Simpson of Clemson, or uh, a cornerback there in Dantzler of Mississippi State to uh, address that if they don't get Henderson in the first round. So a lot of options, but I'm, if I'm the Falcons, I really want to make sure I get Edwards Hilaire in this draft, and that's a very good landing spot for him to produce with Gurley there. So there you have it. There's a look at the first uh, 16 picks, uh, really 16 teams here in my mock draft over the course of the first three rounds. We still have... Uh, 16 more teams to talk about. That'll be the teams uh, that are left that still have first-round picks, plus the six teams that are not picking in the first round. So we'll address all the teams here over two days, so don't you worry if you're a fan of the Bears, Steelers, Bills, Colts, Texans, or Rams. We'll also get to your teams and what we think they're thinking about over round two and three. Tomorrow we still have some marquee teams left to talk about, including the Eagles, Patriots, Seahawks, and Packers, and of course the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. So check out that show. Hope you enjoyed the breakdown here of uh, the first half of a team speaking in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft. We'll get to the rest of the teams at the two-part mock. We hope you enjoyed that. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NFL Draft. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.